Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, we're getting back into some internet lore as Hallie takes us deep into the annals of, fan- of fanfic history with the beloved Harry Potter fanfic, My Immortal. Lauded as the worst fanfiction ever written and part of our internet heritage, this story baffles trolls and scholars alike. Was My Immortal a serious attempt at fanfiction? Is it satire? Was it just written by a bunch of trolls? Who even wrote it, really? As always, be prepared for foul language, and there will also be mentions of suicide and suicidal ideation. Let's get into another human exception. want to play with it like a normal cat she just wants to drag it around the house so <laughs> and the the master bedroom has a uh like a tile floor not tile but you know like a plank fake wood mm-hmm. floor so you hear that in the middle of the night <laughs> it's like it, it's like a ghost with chains just rattling across the floor <laughs> <laughs> amazing you hear it and i'm like oh god let's go oh it's a fucking cat okay and then you yeah jump out Uh, of your skin and then go back to sleep all right all right so uh welcome back to the human exception (laughs) we're here to talk about weird internet stories is that what we're calling that yep 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 that's yep or aka the reason hallie currently has a margarita at 1 15 in the afternoon (laughs) I don't blame you. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that I had to drive after this, right? I might have a beer, <laughs> and it's only ten here, so it's five o'clock somewhere. All right. So, who is going first? Is it me? I feel like no it's me. Okay, Hallie, go first. Okay. Let me get this out of the way. Ugh, this is a whole... Oh, my God. I'm going to preface this with a couple of things. First, I'm really tempted to read the entire thing. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to lose brain cells. Um, secondly, uh, there are some direct quotes that I have that I think are important. I wouldn't include them otherwise. But they do include the R word. So I'm not going to say it because... That's a heinous word, but just know that it is actually included in the full quote. If I'm you really assuming want to go look it up, a mentally handicapped word, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. I'm not going to say it because it's a heinous word. Um, That's, cool. That's cool. Yep. And then also okay. should mention that um, just content warning. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, mentions of depression, suicide, suicide ideation, self harm. And then also those direct quotes. And also, this took uh, originally took place in the early aughts, which was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> so things are very different now. Just anyway. And sorry, how long ago was this, by the way? This would have been 2005, 2006. Ah, uh, yes, the glory days of the internet. Yeah, <laughs> the the hot mess of the internet, which we will get into. Um, for context, I graduated high school in 2003. 
So I was mired in internet culture at that point. I was a would have been like a early twenties. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but the internet of that age was whoa. <laughs> <laughs> unfettered madness which isn't that much different now it's just we're a lot more aware now (laughs) we're a lot it's the awareness of it yes so we're going to be talking about things like live journal and oh my god live journal myspace (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah for any of our younger listeners who are maybe like oh i've heard a joke about that it was really the only vehicle those were only really the vehicles that a lot of young people had at the time so you know, it's like I've, I've read more live journal in the last like year doing the like gen stuff than I ever read in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a trip. <laughs> it's a trip. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember fussing with style sheets and trying oh, yeah. to figure out, <laughs> trying to figure out how to make my own customized live journal layout and not knowing what the heck I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. Those so were the days. Those were the days. I know. Everything's automated now. They just don't even know. Uh, we're going to talk about my immortal. I am so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. I did this to myself. So just know that I chose my fate. <laughs> when we we did encourage you, though. <laughs> you did encourage me. This is true. And as someone who has been involved in fandom since I was 16 years old, so a solid two decades, this might be the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, all right. Do you want a quote from my immortal? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. No. So for those that are aren't aware like Hallie and I have an idea of what this is well, obviously Hallie did research on it but Nathan has no clue about this so this is gonna be <laughs> fabulous are you serious yep nope. not a thing <laughs> oh even better okay 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 I'm ready I was telling some friends of mine about this and they were like oh what now and we're all about the same age like we're all in our 30s but they just it it wasn't something that pinged on their on their radar when they were, you know, older teenagers, young adults, and went, oh, just you wait. <laughs> it's just one of those weird internet culture things. Seriously. Possibly one of the weirdest. And that is saying something. <laughs> so a quote from My Immortal, which is a fanfic of epic proportions and horrifying lack of grammar. Um, <laughs> and I am quoting. I was really scared about Vlodemort all day. I was even upset, went to rehearsals with my gothic metal band, Bloody Gothic Rose 666. I am the lead singer of it, and I play guitar. People say that we sound like a cross between GC, that's good Charlotte, Slipknot, and MCR, <laughs> my chemical romance. Also, I've met Gerard Way, he's pretty dope. Um, <laughs> side note. Uh, the other people in the band are... B Luddy Mary, that's B apostrophe L O O D Y. Uh, Vampire, that is her name for Harry Potter. Draco, Ron, although we call him Diablo now, he has black hair with blue streaks in it. And Hargrid. Only today, Draco and Vampire were depressed, so they weren't coming, and we wrote songs instead. 
I knew Draco was probably, again, I want to mention, we're talking about self-harm here, so just understand that. I knew Draco was probably slitting his wrists. He wouldn't die because he was a vampire, too, and the only way you kill a vampire is with a C-R-O-S-S. There's no way I'm writing that. Or a stake. <laughs> S-T-A-K. <laughs> and Vampire was probably watching a depressing movie like The Corpse Bride. Direct quote. Direct quote. Direct quote. Okay. So excited. Um, <laughs> there are multiple articles about this because, it, like we had talked about, is one of those m malingering internet culture things that just won't fucking die. It won't go away because people are fascinated by it. And I guess rightfully so. I don't know that I'm fascinated by this, but um, <clears throat> so my immortal my music from this band. It's all that early aughts, man. Uh, Put on some yeah. good Charlotte and you'll know exactly what it's an MCR I, and Marilyn Manson. <laughs> This is this is why I need to know because a mix of My Chemical Romance and Slipknot and Good Charlotte. Oh my God, they're not even the same. They're they're not even close. There's no, no like. No. There's no I, line through there. There's no through line. There's no. Nope. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Keep going. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. So, I'm my the only thing that ties them all together is eyeliner. That's what I got. At least two <laughs> of them. I can what do you mean, at least I two of them? God damn it. <laughs> they all wear eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just thinking, like, they're. Slipknot's usually wearing their masks, so well, they're usually wearing black makeup around their eyes, anyways. Oh. So like, uh, same, same. It is eyeliner. Fair. I love this so much. Oh god. Okay. So this was a fanfic. It was originally uploaded on fanfiction.net between 2006 and 2007. Inspired, we'll use that term very loosely, <laughs> by the world of Harry Potter, and the author went by the handle. XXX bloody wrist 666XXX. Such yep. edge. Yep. Oh, much edge. Um, later to be known by the name Tara Gillespie. We'll get into that name in a little bit. However, she probably only played rogues in every DD campaign. <laughs> I don't think they knew what that was. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. You're giving them a little too much credit there, Nathan. Yeah, yeah that's... That's fair. Oh so there was this really great um, Vice art. I found a couple good Vice articles, but I want to quote from the one, because this... I was, I was pulling out the last couple of quotes, like, mid-last week, and just howling laughing, because I was like, what the fuck? So, from the Vice article. Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way is a young gothic Satanist witch. Recently accepted at Hogwarts, she steals the heart of equally gothic Satanist Draco Malfoy. After a Good Charlotte concert in Hogsmeade, the black-clad lovebirds consummate their relationship in the Forbidden Forest. All of a sudden, Dumbledore barges in, shouting, What the fuck are you doing, you fucking idiot? Ebony cries tears of blood and goes off to sleep in her coffin. She doesn't know it yet, but Harry Potter himself will soon fall in love with her. 
renamed Vampire following his conversion to Satanism, and now sporting a pentagram-shaped stuck scar on his forehead. Harry has to compete with his former lover, Draco, to win Ebony's heart. But there's a catch. Ebony has been ordered to murder Vampire by none other than Voldemort himself. Howling, laughing, reading. Perfect. Because it is the strangest amalgamation of... I don't even know. All right. So, it is set in a parallel Potterverse in the early 2000s. And uh, those bands that we had men- we had mentioned, ha, that I had quoted from the fic, Good Charlotte, Simple Plan, My Chemical Romance, they're described as gothic, which is <laughs> strange. Um, we have all kinds of fun spelling errors, like goffs, G-O-F-F-S. Um, yeah. Names are constantly misspelled or butchered in certain ways. Dumbledore is sometimes referred to as Dumbledore or Dumbledark. Uh, mm-hmm. Becomes a gothic poser with a split personality. Oh, this is uh, it's it's this gets weird, y'all. If you thought it wasn't weird before, huh. um, this is disturbing. Uh, Sirius Black renamed uh, Sirius, as in the S E R I O S. <laughs> yeah. O-U-S, sorry, I can't even spell out loud, uh, is at one point referred to as sodomizes. Woof. Yep, it gets worse. It gets worse. The newly introduced character of Professor Sinistra, Ebony's favorite teacher, because of course they were, also shows up as Professor Sinatra. I was like, we're being punked. I would just like to no one. No. Uh, and then an upsetting number of Hogwarts teachers turn out to be pedophiles. That's gross. Yep. All right. This is mildly just... Whoa. Okay. It runs for 44 chapters. Uh, in the last one, chapter 44, Ebony cries sexily and shoots Voldemort and Abracadabra. And then the story ends. that cliffhanger <laughs> i know <laughs> so we're gonna talk about this um hoax uh trolling or real um i'm curious to see what you all think because there is no solid evidence one way or the other pointing i should say pointing definitively to whether this person is real to whether it's a person trolling and making fun of fan fiction to whether someone is making fun of fandom in general. Like, there's all kinds of speculation. And even 15 years later, no one really knows. Some people <laughs> have tried to claim it, which is fun. But um, I was talking to you, Kat, yesterday, and I mentioned that this is the topic that you were covering. And they were just like, oh my God. <laughs> and then we got into the debate of it, whether or not it's real. Like, no one knows. No one knows. No one knows. And I think that's the, the kind of the fun of it. Um, this fanfic, this glorious golden trophy of fanfic poop pile, uh, <laughs> quote me on that, was actually taught as the main course selection in Princeton's first course on fanfic and fandom. Uh, <laughs> it was taught by Associate Professor Ann Jameson in 2015. And she's quoted in here a few times, but I, I really enjoyed kind of reading her speculation on it. 
And she says, it's all the things that people in the fanfic community most hate. Um, it, it has a really loose plot and strange characterization. The story is mocking fandoms that are renowned for their sensitivity. Metalheads, Potterheads, goths. And a few people, you know, are constantly trying to insist that it's real. And other people say that it is some kind of masterpiece of early internet trolling. I don't honestly know. <laughs> <laughs> so once uh people people got really invested in this like super duper invested and i will tell you right now it'll be in the show notes you can go read this thing in entirety i did find a few places uh, that it's hosted at uh, whether ironically or not and it oh man oh man so it opens to give you an idea with the way that it opens Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway, and I have long ebony black hair, that's how I got my name, with purple streaks and red tips that reaches my mid-back and icy blue eyes like limpid tears, and a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee, A.N. If you don't know who that is, get the hell out of here. I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. I'm a vampire, but my uh, teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch, and I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England, where I'm in seventh year. I'm 17. I'm a goth, in case you couldn't tell, and I mostly wear black. I love Hot Topic, and I buy all my clothes from there. For example, today I was wearing a black corset with matching lace around it, and a black leather miniskirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. I was wearing black lipstick, white foundation, black eyeliner, and red eyeshadow. And I was walking outside of Hogwarts, and it was snowing and raining. There was no sun, so I was very happy about that. The first, the first thing that makes me upset with that is that she wishes she was related to Gerard Way because he's a major hottie. Yeah, dog. You weren't bothered by the word limpid? I'm I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> I just like... I was bothered by that because phonetically it doesn't fit with the rest of the language. <laughs> No, it doesn't. But like, oh my god! <laughs> I want to know too. It's forty-four chapters and only like twenty-two thousand words. So, <laughs> so oh. tiny. This, the chapter, seriously, where I stopped reading, there's only a tiny couple of lines of dialogue, and then that's the first chapter. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. So here we go. Um. <clears throat> Later on, when the author handle wasn't necessarily dropped, but then there were more and more references to this Tara Gillespie, um, she eventually claimed to be a teen from Dubai, and her best friend, known only as Raven, served as her co-writer for the first 16 chapters. Uh, the quality does worsen a lot after Raven leaves. And at one point, we'll talk about this later, the entire story was hacked by a writer or writers who apparently were parodying the work itself, which could be a total fabrication. That could be the author saying, like, hey, it, it could be totally fake. We have no idea. <laughs> it's an entire chapter. I think it's chapter 31 or 39. I don't remember which one. Just like, haha, I'm here trolling. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> So it was hosted on fanfiction.net. It was eventually deleted after a big string of purges that even now the people behind the website won't claim why they did it. 
which I find fascinating. Um, it grew in notoriety a lot on places like Encyclopedia Dramatica, which we will talk about, because if you don't know what that is, what the fuck? There's a trip. Yeah, I know, right? I was like, oh, God, throw that in a blender with LiveJournal and MySpace, and my er, my late teenagehood just threw up all over the place. Like, fuck. <laughs> um, it's still the stuff of internet legend. So there's some things that happened while the fic was still being written and posted. I refuse to say the word published, <laughs> but while it was being <laughs> posted. Um, so we're going to look a little bit at this kind of culture and the trolling and that I guess, curse of early internet fame, if you can call it that. Um, one of the first theories that came out about the story, um, we'll, we'll, we'll say it was the first viral fanfic story. Let's say that. I feel like that's appropriate. Um, one of the first big theories was that it was actually a hoax or satire. It was designed to make fun of tropes, um, but it... The longer you look at it, you realize how complicated it is because there were accounts on multiple platforms under Tara Gillespie's name um, within and outside of the fanfic forums and places where this stuff got post. There was a faked, maybe, hacking incident that I referenced. And then just no one was like, but is she real? Is she not? Are we being punked? What is going on here? So around this time, there was a, a site called Encyclopedia Dramatica in its purest, most 8chan form. Um, this place was, oh, God, it was so bad. I don't know if either of you were ever on there. Oh, I've, I've, I personally have not been featured on it, but I've definitely been on there. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. A, a lot ever... of the gen stuff on there as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's much more cleaned up now. Back then, oh my god, it was basically it's a just dumpster fire. It was a fucking dumpster fire. It was racist and homophobic and misogynistic. It hosted all kinds of porn. It just, it was wild. It was the internet culture wiki yep. <laughs> moderated by 14 year olds. Moderated by 14 year olds <clears throat> who, you know, these are the same people who would yell, Yeah, I'm gonna go to fuck your mom tonight in like Call of Duty. Um, Anyone could edit it, which is great. And for whatever baffling reason, a lot of the users on there took an interest in my immortal and the author and trying to track her down. So in the broader sense, Encyclopedia Dramatica um, claimed to have a subversive, not safe for work trolling culture. And they would document internet memes, they would organize mass pranks, trolling events called raids, large-scale failures of internet security, and then also just odd subculture things that really got super, super gross. Was All sorts of really bad internet cyberbullying. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was not a safe place to be. Um... And in the early days of, like, don't talk to anyone on the internet, there were a lot of teenagers who were ignoring that rule and going on there. And and probably running into adults, very likely. So it, it gets gross. Um, the users on the site would communicate in private chat rooms. And they were the first ones to find the live journal and the MySpace accounts that 
kind of seem to be connected or run by this Tara Gillespie. They were written in a really similar style. They had references to a best friend named Raven, and they found Raven's accounts then. And then they expressed those similar pop culture interests, all those bands and being gothic and all these things. Um, All of the accounts were written from the perspective of this teenage girl, claimed to be a goth with a history of cutting herself. And so they attacked her because of course they would. That makes total sense. That's That's definitely what what you do to a suicidal teenager. Absolutely what you would do, whether you think she's real or not. That's totally what empathetic, normal people would do. Totally. But alas, the internet. (laughs) But the internet, yes. Mm -hmm. Apologies, I had to cough. Um, Yeah, no, that was me. I just didn't want to cough in the mic. (laughs) So the original Encyclopedia Dramatica was closed down in 2011. Thank God. They've cleaned it up. It's relaunched. Um, But you can still find the archives. So the archived versions of the old site's entries on My Immortal show that the people on the site at the time thought Tarot was actually like a a real teenager, which makes the bullying even worse. Let's go after this kid and just she's worthy of being verbally abused. It's fine. So I'm going to read from one of those early Encyclopedia Dramatica entries. Uh, just know I am censoring myself here. So, uh, Tara does seem to be a real person with a history of displaying these gothic, R-word, habits, and has accounts on many websites corroborating her persona. <clears throat> the consensus was that it would be too difficult for a hoax artist to craft the persona of Tara Gillespie, the uber-gothic R-word girl, uh, and then go on to, you know, create and manage all of those multiple accounts. They went after this girl with a passion. And they also roped in sites like tvtropes.com. They set up multiple live journals devoted to mocking her and the fic. And then the somethingawful.com forums got in on it. And then, including the almost new baby world of YouTube, where users would upload dramatic readings of the text's more mockable passages. Yes, there is. I'll post the link for y'all in our chat uh, and it'll be in the notes, too. There is actually a very funny short um, web film about it (laughs) that is meant to just kind of shower it with love. But it's all filmed from the perspective of the main character. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) The parts are really short. They're like 10 minutes long. (laughs) Pretty great. So. Um, and then I should say on top of all of this, she's getting attacked mercilessly in the comments section. And then her author notes get increasingly defensive and prone to mentioning suicide attempts. Um, there's one particular one. You can go look at it yourself. I'm not going to read it on chapter 27. That is it's, it's rough. It's really bad. Um, and then there's one user that gets so fixated on the story that she decides to become a part of it. And this is where that trolling I mentioned comes in where the author says she was hacked. So chapter 39, I was right the second time, uh, says, I am a trolling genius, lols, and begins with an author's note saying she cracked the password out of boredom. And that chapter and the next were written in a different kind of prose that reads like a joke of the previous 38. Doesn't end there. So... 
things get even more weird. The original author appears to have returned in chapter 41. Seems like she doesn't really care about the hacking. And then three chapters later, the story just ends. So everyone was like, well, what the hell just happened? We wanted to be around so we could beat up on her more. <laughs> um, it was never again updated. And then a few months later, fanfiction.net took down all of the chapters. Wouldn't explain it. And now this is all we have. And even uh, Tara's fanfiction.net user page was last updated in 2009. Just gone. When, when was the last update on the story? 2007. Okay. Yep. So look, she was active for a little bit, but wasn't posting anything. And then just nothing since then. Interesting. Yes. So, of course, the wide speculation on the identity of the author. This is not a claim to fame. I personally would step up and be like, ooh, me. <laughs> People have tried. It's. Mm hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> why would you? Oh, wait. Yes, I do. Because someone tried to get a publishing contract out of it. What? Oh my god. <laughs> We're gonna get into that. <laughs> I cannot fucking believe this shit. So there's little bits of internet culture effluvia that have kind of floated around since 2008-2009 when Tara basically disappeared. Um, there were a series of videos that were uploaded to a YouTube account named XX Bloody Kisses XX in 2008 and 9. Uh, most recent video being uploaded in 2016, in which two goths named Tara and Raven discuss their lives. So, people, of course, immediately were like, ooh, it's them. And then when they got tracked down by multiple journalists, they were like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so either we're super being trolled, or this is just a weird-ass coincidence. Okay. Um, I mean, like, Ebony and Raven for goth names is pretty common. Right. Exactly. So it's, I get why people got excited, but yeah. With no other proof, like, they never talk once about the fic. They don't talk about, yeah. It, it's, it's not a long reach, but it's a bit of a reach. Uh, the fic turned 10 in 2016, and by that point, it just had this viral mythical status. It continues to garner love. It's ridiculous. Uh, fandom studies teach the fic in classrooms. It was that first assignment on a course in fanfiction offered at Princeton, like I had mentioned, in 2015. And eventually the, the mindset turns as the internet ages and people kind of get smarter to uh, things being, you know, hacked or faked, that it must have just been trolling. It was trolling the Harry Potter fandom and fandom culture, maybe both. Um, but it's got this odd space because no one stepped up to claim it. And then... Scandal. A scandalo. So much scandal in 2017. Now, I remember this because it's not that long ago. And it was fascinating when it happened. It... I swear this connects back, but you got to follow me down a rabbit hole for a second. Not like y'all aren't used to that, right? <laughs> so on August 27th, 2017, there was a bit of a kerfluffle in the book publishing world. 
Um, there was, and, and I think it still sits near or at the top of the YA New York Times bestseller list, the Angie Thomas book, The Hate You Give. And something popped out of nowhere to displace that book. Something no one had ever heard of, the author had never been heard of, and people were like, what the hell is going on? It was a YA fantasy book called Handbook for Mortals. I guarantee you a couple of listeners, I remember this. But if you weren't in the book world at the time, it, it's not like it made any major stories. Not really. I don't know if either of you remember hearing about this. No, not familiar. Okay. This is fascinating. So the New York Times is notoriously secretive as to how people get on the bestseller list. It isn't just sales necessarily. There's some more complicated things that kind of go into it. But basically, um, my understanding of how this worked and the research that I did on this is that this book wasn't marketed really in any way. There were no advanced copies that went out, you know, to kind of like generate buzz amongst reviewers and bloggers. No one had seen previews for this book. And I want to note that Handbook for Mortals and My Immortal have nothing to do with each other. But the way they converge and eventually do absolutely just like butt into each other is fascinating. So this author, Lanny Sarum, actually bought her way onto the New York Times bestseller list. You can do that. <laughs> what? You can right. do it. I'm not surprised by that. but like, Yeah, yeah. Oh, some politicians have been caught doing this, too. Of course. They'll, they'll order, you know, thousands of copies, and that uh, inflates the copies of numbers sold, even if they're the ones who bought them. And that's basically what she did, was that she bought a bunch of her own book, it inflates the sales numbers, which then bumps you up on the times list. Now, you have to buy a lot to get on there. So there's something else happening here, and I'm not going to speculate one way or the other. Just know that she got caught. Um, interestingly enough, she is somehow related to one of the original members of NSYNC, too. What? <laughs> Do you know her name? Lanny Serum. Okay. Yeah. I'll, here, I'll, uh. I'll put it, I just, I was cracking up when I was reading this. I was like, I remember this. <laughs> I remember this very well. <laughs> so anyway, she buys her way onto the New York Times bestseller list. The book gets pulled. In the middle of this intense scrutiny, uh, book writer, book riot writer Preeti Chibber offers up this really wild guess. What if Lanny Sarum was the author of My Immortal? There was no proof to this. But it was just one of those things that you tweet out like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if the lady who bought her way onto the Times list was actually... But... There are some stylistic similarities, and I use that term very loosely, uh, between Handbook for Mortals and My Immortal, which is kind of odd. Um, but it also has some of the same style choices that are favored by writers of first-person young adult novels. So, sure, it's a reach. It wasn't meant to be taken seriously. People took it seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. There wasn't, there wasn't a follow-up called no. Handbook for My Immortal. No! Missed opportunity! Right? 
And if you look at the cover for Handbook for Mortals, people were pointing out that that cover was is actually almost a blatant ripoff of an original piece of art, too. So the entire nice. thing is just plagiarism and falsehoods and bullshit. And I was like, oh, God, this is so interesting. So anyways, they're not connected. But what's fascinating is it renewed interest in who the real author could be. And then supposedly someone who was willing to step up and actually claim my immortal, this is where we get into trouble. So her name was Rose Christo. And she had discovered earlier in the month of August 2017, the same time the, the Handbook for Mortals came out, that she was still in the possession of her old fiction press login credentials. So she logs into this, updates the account to announce that Tara was still alive and well. Uh, she got on her Tumblr and made this little announcement too. It doesn't really attract any attention. And then suddenly a few weeks later, she gets bombarded with messages asking her if she was Lanny Serum. I don't know how people made this connection or why they would think that, but this is where we start getting into trouble because this is fascinating. People making total leaps of logic. Um, she's also, at the same time, she's teasing on Tumblr um, that she was on there under her real name, which, of course, instantly sends people looking for her and trying to connect her to anything that they can. And then at the same time, an editorial assistant from Macmillan Publishers, who is trying to stem the tide of the all this stuff that's happening over Handbook for, Handbook for Mortals, blurted out news that no one was expecting. And it's that Lanny Serum couldn't be the author of My Immortal because the real author, Rose Christo, was publishing a memoir with Macmillan. Interesting. Uh-huh. So here's a couple of screenshots uh, that people have archived from... Because ah, almost all the tweets have been deleted. Almost all the Tumblr <laughs> entries have been deleted. And I was like, I'm going to go find this shit. Uh, but remember, it's posted on the internet. We can find anything, y'all. So here is um, a, a screenshot referencing that tweet um, from Preeti about what if she was the author of My Immortal? Um, she actually had placed the excerpt from Handbook for Mortals beside a passage from My Immortal. They share certain similarities that you see there in the um, they're talking about in the screenshot, but you can't find the tweet anymore. Like, Essentially the fan fiction equivalent of The Room. Isn't that great? I know. It's great. <laughs> so... Everyone now starts talking about how Rose Christo, who has this memoir that's going to come out from Macmillan, um, is the legendary author of My Immortal. And she is just. She is. Per she's perfect for this. She's exactly what everyone was kind of hoping the author would be. Um, she claims the story. She comes out and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm writing a memoir about not only did I write this fanfic that's so famous, but I'm also a Native American Cree lesbian. And my book is talking about my search for my younger brother after I was placed in the New York City foster care because I was sexually abused as a child. Okay. I got whiplash reading that because I was like, 
How many? I was saying this earlier. How many of these fucking con artists claim something so awful in their past, like childhood sexual abuse? Why would you do that? It's so gross. You know, it's got to be to like draw sympathy and also like reduce questions. Uh, right, because you're not going to, right, what sane person would go up and be like, you weren't really sexually abused as a child, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So, here is a screenshot. This, her entire Tumblr is gone. But here's a screenshot from it, where she's answering questions. Uh, and I'll, I'll again, it, I'm sure it will have this reference somewhere, but um, the question asker says, I don't want to be that guy, but numerous people have come out as the author of My Immortal. How do we know you are legit? Accusations aside, I think your outspokenness about the situation going in, going on in the new adult in the NA community is awesome. Before digging around your Amazon and Tumblr, I had no idea there was even a problem, regardless of whether or not you're actually the author of My Immortal. Kudos to you for using this opportunity to bring more. Oh, sorry, Native American, not new adult. I read the wrong thing. Uh, more in awareness to the injustices committed against Native American people. People took her seriously. The publisher took her seriously. She claims that there was a three-day background check done that they do to all their authors, blah, blah, blah. She faked the entire fucking thing. Every Even screenshot... The, pub the publisher thing? Like, she, she never no. had a publisher? No, she legit had a publisher. Because okay. she gave them falsified information. Oh, God. Yep. She, all of her court records were photoshopped. Proof that she had actually, you know, gone through the foster care system and done all this stuff. Um, proof that she had uh, court records of being victim of childhood sexual abuse. All of it faked. All of it faked. Woof. All of it. Yep. So we have someone who is writing a fake memoir, claiming a fic on top of all of this. Speculated to be also Lanny Sarum, the author of a book with a cover that's hotly plagiarized. And then, of course, the book gets canceled. And the publisher doesn't give any further comment. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh-huh. So what do we do with all of this? Well, I kind of wanted to look at her claims specifically outside of the heinous backstory that she crafted for herself, which is truly just a lesson in psychopathy, I think. Um, but she claimed that My Immortal's bad writing was intentional, um, that it, uh, it was intended to help her infiltrate a fandom community and use its resources to help her find her sibling. Uh, I guess. Okay. That's a fascinating twist. Um, okay. Just another, another fucking layer to the... To the what the fuck sandwich? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a this lot of people... more of a what the fuck club sandwich. Yeah. Like <laughs> an At extra piece of toast <laughs> with shit in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shit sandwich. I... So she... Basically, she got caught red-headed, but by this point, the internet is in a frenzy because they're like, oh my god, what is happening? Um, and then she disappears. Uh, Lanny Sarum disappears. And the fit goes back to being a an internet joke. 
And that's kind of where things have been left right now. It's been a few years since all this happened. This wasn't back in 2017. But the story ultimately has this really interesting, everlasting impact, I guess we'll say. Um, that professor I had quoted earlier, Ann Jameson, who's an associate professor of English, um, was talking about how it's actually like really brilliant. It's all the things that the people in the fanfic community hate. Um, she's of the opinion that the fic is satire and that it's intelligent. And because she made it the first piece of assigned reading for her class, it instantly generates, you know, chatter because people are like, what is going on? And now it's back to being outside of certain very certain tight circles of academia. It's back to being kind of a, a, a living meme of itself. Um, people dramatically live read it at conventions. There's that web series that I mentioned earlier. And it's inspired an entire grouping of fanfic of the world of Ebony, who also misspells her own name, and it's N-O-B. I just want to mm. note that, mm. too, because I'm like, okay. Uh, author is still unknown. And honestly, the more I read about all of this, the more I was like, I feel like this is like watching Poe's Law in full work <laughs> a little mm. bit. Because <laughs> it's that entire internet readership that is looking at something and how it became so so popular is it satire is it not there's no clear indicator of the author's intent which is a big piece of Poe's law right and everyone kind of wondering if something so bad can become so famous maybe they can get there too so real or satire I have no idea. I feel yeah. like <laughs> oh, it's so hard to say. I know. I know. I go back and forth like, on it. Because, like, yeah, like if I had written it, um, like I might tell a couple of close friends, but I would not come out and own it. Like it is, it is a big part. Like, but then there are people Ooh. that would come out because of who may find it interesting for the intention because of the impact on the culture. Like some people come around to that kind of level of pride out of their shame. But I don't think that's something I would have been I would have done because then also the attention that you'd get from it is just ridiculous. Right. Right. Because as soon as you crack that Pandora's box open, you've got journalists knocking on your door. You've got people emailing you wanting to talk to you about why you wrote it. And then you have to relive what was probably a pretty traumatic teenagehood, no matter where you come from, because teenagehood is traumatic. And you got to face the fact that, like, whoever the author was, was bullied relentlessly for years. Right. Yep. And like, you know, if, if it is something you wrote out of satire, even if you wrote it of satire, that may have still been hard to deal with. Absolutely. That was when I was going over my notes again last night, I was thinking about that same thing. Like, OK, me as an adult who still writes fanfic because it's good practice for my original writing. And why not? I get bored. Um, looked at that and went, God, if I had. I remember what my writing was like 16, 17 years old. It was fucking atrocious. And I refused to look at any of that. Yeah. I would never, ever, ever <laughs> open myself up to that level of scrutiny. The part of me that get the part that gets me is that it was so long. So like I feel like if it was real, the bullying and stuff would have made that person stop or go underground. Right. And were they afraid of losing readers so they pretend they got hacked? Like, 
what was the point in that too? Or did it really get I, fucking who knows? What a bizarre fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you think, Nathan? I have no idea. <laughs> yep. This whole thing is just like fucked. <laughs> fucked up. Oh my god. I uh I should I should end with, with it it really is kind of a fascinating bit of of just pop and internet culture effluvia. I just keep going back to that word because it's just like flotsam, you know, it's just out there. But the second chapter opens with this paragraph. And I'll 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 end it after this because I do think this is really interesting. The next day, I woke up in my bedroom. It was snowing and raining again. I opened the door of my coffin and drank some blood from a bottle I had. My coffin was black ebony, and inside was hot pink velvet with black lace on the ends. I got out of my coffin and took of my giant MC MCR t-shirt, which I used for pajamas. Instead, I put on a black leather dress, a pentagram necklace, combat boots, and black fishnets on. I put on four pairs of earrings and my pierced ears and put my hair in kind of a messy bun. People mocked it for its writing. That's not the best writing. I've seen worse. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... I think it's very telling when people were like, oh, this writing is so bad. And it's also a look at how people treat young girls and young women just because they like something that it's bad automatically. Mm. Which was catching me as I was kind of reading through the first little bit of this. I was like, I... I'm kind of interested as to why everyone jumped on this. Because, again, I've seen worse. <laughs> Even now in fandom, I've seen way fucking worse. <laughs> than, than what could be a teenage girl in a phase, or even not in a phase, uh, enjoying wearing black and thinking and, you know, make-believing that she's a vampire. So, yeah. My immortal, have fun. I recommend going to read it. Because it's a trip. <laughs> um, I'm going to point out that my favorite thing that one of the articles that you clipped was that it is basically um, the fan fiction equivalent of The Room. Uh, I said that earlier. Did you? Okay. Yeah. I've, <laughs> yep. I, th I thought I, it had been mentioned, but I was like, I fucking love this. That's I'm just going to reiterate that it's still my favorite thing of the whole thing. It's pretty great. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. And I don't honestly, I don't want to know. At this point, yep. no. let it let it be a part yeah. of Internet culture. If I have informed you of something of which you have did not know, like Nathan, um, just realize that this is this is kind of weird and interesting. And also, if she was real, I do feel bad for her. Yeah, I hope if she's real that she's in a good place and yeah, so this didn't affect her in a long-term way or a negative way. Because people are brutal and need to be shot out of a cannon every now and then. <laughs> launch them into space. Launch them into space. Put them on a rocket. Make them go away. All right, so that's me. All right, I just got invaded by the cat army. What are you doing? Oh, Lord. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, nothing. Yeah, I just, oh I just God. had to laugh because I was like, "What is happening?" Uh, oh, here we go. All the notes. I had so much fun reading through all of that, and at the same time, I couldn't get rid of that inkling of like, "Oh man, I hope this person is not real." Because if so, they were they were bullied so hard. Yeah, I um, ugh. I know, I know. Yeah, my uh, my German and Polish friends don't have any reference for this. They're all we're all in our thirties, and they were just like, "Wait, what is it?" I'm like, "I'll post the episode when it goes up." Trust me. <laughs> And that's it for this week. Next week, it's my turn for a spooky internet tale where I will tell you all about the first creepypasta, Ted the Caver. As always, links, sources, and pictures can be found on our website, thehumanexception.com. Do you have an idea for something you want us to cover? Want to just tell us that we're wrong or just say hi? We now have many ways for you to do that. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Human Exception, email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com, or come join us on our Discord server. You can find the link on our contact page. Keep being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend. I've got an update on the fish adventure. Oh no! So I just put a picture in the group. So um, last time we were at the fish stop, fish store, we bought five pencil fish. Oh, um, look at them! Yeah, they're cool looking. And uh, so I decided that I was just kind of watching them one day and like, oh, I should figure out um, if I have any males and females. Like, if I should expect, you know, tiny babies to show up at some point. And so I was looking up on how to sex them and stuff. It's like, okay, look at the fins, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. And so I'm like looking at them and I noticed that one of them does not look like the others. So if you take a look, look at the fish in the top left. This okay. is a completely different fish. You see huh. the fin shape's different. The coloration is different. I don't know what this fish is. Mystery fish. Yeah. Like I spent a couple hours like Googling on the internet, trying to figure out what the fuck this fish is. Mutant fish. He gets along fine with everybody, so it's not really a big deal. But I've somehow acquired a fish that <laughs> I have no idea what it is. Maybe you have found the lost fish species. Who knows? Who fucking knows. The aquarium hobby's a fucking mess. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, like his body shape's different, and it's just kind of like I just didn't notice because, like, when they're schooling together, they're you don't really see them as individuals and they look they're looking real close at them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Aw. It's very exciting life we got going on here. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. <laughs>